This episode of Bringing the Backups is brought to you by Costco. Do you need 30 pounds of pickles to prepare for living in a bunker for seven years during America's upcoming civil war? Maybe you need 38 metric tons of mustard to provide Tanzania with a dipping sauce for a soft pretzel treat. Maybe you need 48,000 rolls of toilet paper for the worst case of Crohn's disease known to man. If so, come to Costco, where the pizza is overrated and they check IDs like Nazis guarding the Ark of the Covenant so that Eric couldn't buy a mini fridge with his mom's Costco card while he was on the East Coast last week. I was just trying to help out my mom. Didn't realize they have retina scans at the front so housewives can buy human-sized jars of grape jelly for 88 cents. Costco, when you're here, you're family. Oh, what is up? Welcome to Bringing the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig, on the show today. Oh, what a show it is. Are my headphones fucked up? That's better. Oh, wait, you know what? Now that I do that, I realize that the levels are off. <laughs> oh, this intro sucks. On the show today, we're talking about Thanksgiving. Hell yeah, best holiday in the world. Joey Harrington, huh? A Thanksgiving miracle in 2006. Revenge on the Dolphins. No, Revenge with the Dolphins against the Lions. I, I love this episode. We got a lot to talk about Joey Harrington. I think I think he counts as a backup, even if he doesn't. You know, what, who fucking cares? I just decided to do it. An episode on Joey Harrington on Thanksgiving. A guestless episode today. Just me. Just me chatting. Uh, a couple cool things. I got into San Francisco Sketchfest. My uh, show there is going to be on January 7th, obviously in San Francisco, where they're going to love me. All right. They love straight white dudes with centrist political opinions. You know, once I'm done doing comedy, I might just run for mayor of San Francisco. I know they're going to dig it. So come see me uh, in San Francisco if you're in the area. Again, that's on January 7th. I still have my dates in Hawaii, Idaho, and stuff probably coming back on the East Coast in December. All that's being formulated right now. Check out those tickets at erichelwig.com. And do me a favor, review this show on Apple Podcasts when you get a chance. That helps us out a lot. Yamis, start the show off. Grab your gear and lace it up. Helmets on. Happy Thanksgiving. That is that reading as a turkey gobble? All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I just figured out how to use the uh, the sound cues on my roadcaster. Um, my goal is to not hit that button 88 times in the hour-long podcast today. All right. If I only do it a couple more times, I will be I'll be happy. Oh God, now all I want to do is press that fucking button. I won't do it. Uh, but anyway, look, welcome to the show, bringing the backups, episode uh, something. I don't know. It's it's a show. I think I did 24 for the first season. Now this is like five, right? Four? It's like 28 or 29, something like that. Whatever. It's a show, guys. You know, you listen to it, you like it, it comes on every two weeks. Maybe it comes every one week at some point in season two. I don't know. It's possible. I'll tell you what, if I keep crushing it at my day job, I can pay some motherfuckers to edit this for me. Maybe you get a weekly show. Maybe you get a YouTube show. Wouldn't that be fun, huh? You can see my face. My face, I was going to say my face as it gets fatter, but I've actually been losing some weight. I'm going to set that back on Thanksgiving, but I've been trying to get health, get health right in the last, uh, last couple months. You know, get down to fighting weight. You know, I know I know Joe Rogan is like the devil when it comes to COVID, but he's the only person I've heard say, like, be fucking healthy. <laughs> Eat vitamins and fucking lose weight, which is also true. So, you know, that part is true. I don't know what else is true. I'm not an educated man. But I know I still like Aaron Rodgers. I know that for some reason <laughs> I'm rooting for him. 
against uh, other people. So I don't know. I don't know where I am. Who knows? Let's not get political. Jesus, it's like two minutes in, and I'm like, Aaron Rodgers has a point. I don't know if he has a point or not. I don't know, but I like his life. I like being a quarterback. I like the fact that he's a quarterback. I like that he's a badass. I, I guess he's dating like that hippie chick now who's like Wiccan or something. I don't know, whatever. But she's she's hot. He's got a hot girlfriend, wife. Is he married? Who cares? The point is, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> he lets his work speak for itself on the field, all right? He's, he's, he's the guy on my fantasy football team. He threw four touchdowns, and I'm in first place. So I support Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man, what a uh, – today on the show, we're talking Joey Harrington, one of my all-time favorite draft bust because he's so not a bust. Like, anybody drafted by Detroit, we're going to really go hard on the Lions today. And, and, and out of love, okay, that's out of love because I root for the Lions, all right? I'm not from Detroit. They're not my, they're not my like, native hometown team, but – Man, when a team is that bad for that long, I don't know how you don't root for them. I don't know. I, I mean, they're just too easy to root for. They've been very bad. And Joey Harrington, uh, drafted by them 2002. We're going to get into his Thanksgiving revenge game in 2006. Came back against the Lions uh, in his first year with the Dolphins. And uh, just put an ass licking on, ass licking, ass whooping, ass put an ass licking on him. Okay, so he showed him a good time, ass whooping on them on uh, in 2006 for Thanksgiving. So we're we're gonna focus in on that game. It's gonna be a nice stroll down memory lane. You know how this podcast does. And speaking of which, if you like how this podcast does. Go on uh, Apple Podcast and review this son of a bitch because what the fuck? It's no reviews in November. You guys are sucking ass when it comes to reviewing the podcast. <laughs> Seriously, if you haven't done it, I'm, I've been stuck at 244 for like a month. I got to get to 250. You guys, you know what happens. Five of you review the podcast right now. Hit pause, review, five stars. Apple Podcast, it gets 100 listens. That's true. That's it's just stats. It's just facts. It was funny is like I've been able to I haven't been able to promote the podcast as much uh, in season two just because you know life got the new job, been traveling back home to take care of some family that's not doing so well. I'll spare you the details, but uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks. The point I was going to make was like the listenership has been like slowly climbing back up to where we were at the beginning of season one. So I want to thank everybody that's hanging with the show, even without me annoying the fuck out of you on Instagram and Twitter like I did a few months ago. Thank you for being fans. And if you haven't reviewed the show yet, fuck you. I've told you a million times, review it five stars and tell me to fuck off in the review. Feel free to be like Eric told me to do this. He's an asshole. These reviews are fake, five stars, you know? Have some fun with it. I don't care. But, yeah, that does that does help, obviously, so please do that. Yeah, rough couple weeks for your, your favorite host here. I mean, like, it started off all right. You know, last podcast I was, uh, I was in Boston, or I, was, I should say I was leaving for Boston to do the Boston Comedy Festival, but I got out there. I was on the East Coast. Had a couple family members uh, make, have some health stuff. So then it was like in and out of hospitals along with the comedy festival. Just like a stressful, stressful couple weeks. I don't know what to say. You know, hospital vibes are not fun vibes. And if you guys ever just hang out in a hospital for a week, you're like, wow. There's definitely not a god. Like I mean, it's it's a it's a it plays some games. I mean, I I don't know if there is, but a week in a hospital, I'm pretty sure it's meaningless. I mean, we are meat with holes, people. That is the truth. Uh, don't worry, nobody died, and uh, if somebody did, I wouldn't come on here and cry about it. I would just you know every time I'm about to cry, I would hit pause on the record button. You know, I'm not gonna do that thing. I, let me promise you this. Even when I have a, you know, it was not an easy two weeks for me. All right, I'm, I'm being honest. I was, 
I had to go from Boston to D.C. to here. It's been flying and work and sick people and the fa- all that crap. Nursing people back to health. You know what it is. I don't got to walk you through it. But if things did take the, the, the really bad turn, you know, the, the dirt nap turn, as they call it, as the kids are calling it. Look, I, uh, I will never come on here and weep, all right? I just wanted to let you guys know that because I was thinking, like, there was a point in the last two weeks, it's like, I might have to go and cry on the podcast next week. I might have to cry. And then I was like, what? Nobody, want, nobody wants that. Nobody wants a cry a cry football podcast. Nobody wants a comedy cry cast. It sucks. And also I want you to know that even if I was if I was in a place where I didn't have editing power, right? Like I was on a show and I and I was talking and I had to start crying, I know how to not cry talk. It's no people have to stop cry talking you know like where they're like they're talking like and the last thing he said to me was he started it's like don't ever ever do that ever it's so it just sucks it sucks to watch control yourself (laughs) no cry talking why what what is this do i look like your therapist don't cry talk to me either talk or cry don't do both and I want to make that clear. I, I'm okay. I'm not. I'm not some like, bro. Like, oh, you're crying. Don't be gay. Like, I'm not saying that. Cry if you got to cry, cry. And you can even cry and make the <laughs> like. I, I'm okay with those noises a little bit. You know, for you, someone's dead, whatever. I'll, I'll take it. You can ugly cry in front of me, but don't keep trying to fucking talk. That is that is the line where I'm like, uh, now I'm annoyed. Here's what you do. You're talking. And he, uh, you know, he told me that I, and you just stop. You just stop talking and you take a pause. And then maybe you state what's happening. Apologize, a little more emotional than I thought I would be. Let me get a sip of water here. And then you get some water. And then you go back to what you were saying. You just stop talking. Like, just if you if you feel the tears coming, just stop talking. Let it pass. Tell people, hey, I'm feeling things. And you know what? The, the impact of that, I would argue, of like the I stopped talking to compose myself, that is felt, I believe that's felt deeper than the cry talk. When you do it, I'm telling you, you'll lose people with it. The cry talking has got to stop. If you caught yourself doing it before, it's okay. Just move forward in your life. Move, after listening to this, now you know. All you need to do is shut the fuck up and let the little, let the air come back into you and then you can go back to speaking, not sounding like a blubbering fool. No crying. No, I'm kidding. Cry. Weep. Weep if you need to. Then talk. You're like a spork when you do that. It's like it's like you're not you're you're not fully crying and you're not fully talking. You're like I don't like the combo here. These instruments don't go well together. Anyway, that's how I uh, let you guys know that I had a rough week. <laughs> It was a rough week, but don't worry. Like I said, nobody, everybody still walks the earth, um, you know, as of recording this on, <laughs> on fucking, what is it, Monday? What is the date today? Who knows? Is time a thing? Monday, November 22nd. This is dropping on Tuesday, November 23rd. This is riveting stuff for you guys. And then, and then we got Thanksgiving, huh? You guys got Thanksgiving. I don't know why I said it like that. We all do. You do. I do. Thanksgiving this year falling on the 25th. I'm actually going to be celebrating it on the 26th. I've got my my brother is uh, going to be coming into town. And then my, my mom is coming into town with my stepdad. So I've got my mom, my stepdad, my brother, his best friend, and his wife. And me and my wife, that's seven people, are going to be... At my house for Thanksgiving. 
never hosted a Thanksgiving before. I mean, we went, I, we did Chris, we did Christmas. We did Thanksgiving food shopping uh, a couple days ago. And I'm telling, it was like two days ago. Man, I mean, it is a, planning Thanksgiving is a thing. Like we, <laughs> just even having people over, I've never, I don't ever remember having people over at my house for dinner that where I'm making food. I don't ever remember doing that, but it, it's very revealing. You're like, okay, there's seven people coming over. Okay, I have two plates. I, we've been rotating one spoon for three years, and the oven is just a sign that says, we'll fix tomorrow. So uh, what what are we going to do? Like, can we do Thanksgiving in a microwave? Like, it, it's very revealing of how not ready we are to host people, <laughs> to host a party at the house and make a bunch of food. But... I don't know. I feel like it's an important step to adulthood or whatever to do something like this. And I know a lot of you are like, aren't you fucking 36 years old? Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm making the step now. I had to get really good at comedy for the first 36 years of my life. And as you can tell from this podcast, I did. I got real good. (laughs) I'm in San Francisco sketch fest, motherfucker. That didn't happen by accident. Okay. I had a choice. I could have some nice pots and pans in my house, or I could be fucking hilarious on stage. Guess which way I went, bitches. That is why I eat cereal off a plate and often in Tupperware, because I didn't learn other life skills. I spent 10 years of my life going to open mics, and now I don't know how to fucking cook a turkey. So it's going to be a process. But I'm, I am excited. I mean, having people over at the house, it makes it feel, it makes it feel like this is going to be, you know, because we have a house. This is a town home, you know? And I, I own it. So I feel like it's going to be good to have people over. It's going to like, I don't know, make it even more of a home than it already feels like, which is great. So I'm excited for that. Some people just be... My dog's going to be stoked. He loves, you know, you guys know Gordon. He loves people. There's going to be seven people over at the house. He enjoys all of these people. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a nice, it's going to be a nice Thanksgiving. We're doing it the day after Thanksgiving too, which means I can actually just watch the football games on Thursday, relax, probably eat some Chipotle or something, something intentionally not thanksgiving so that I can enjoy Thanksgiving food the day after. It's going to be cool. Going to be cool. I'm excited. The one thing one thing I fucked up, I think, is we were like, we were freaking out a little bit about all the cooking. Being like, the kitchen's too small. We can't make all these things at the same time. So I was like, let me just go and get the pumpkin pie from the bakery. And what I did is I went to, because I have celiac disease. Have I mentioned that on the podcast? So uh, that was pretty good. I did my whole 15 minutes without doing the fucking gobble. That's That's not bad. So because I have celiac disease, I uh, I went to a, a, a bakery, like a gluten-free bakery, and was like, okay, let me get two pumpkin pies. I just ordered them, and I was like, hey, let me get some two loaves of bread for, like, appetizers. My wife was mad. She was like, you can't get – they have to be baguettes. I'm like, I have celiac disease. We kind of take what we can get, okay? Bread. Just get me some something that won't kill me that tastes decent. So I went to this place, two loaves of bread, two pumpkin pies, $120. $120. And it was like, I'd already ordered it, and I was like, I really don't want to cook. So I just like was like, yeah, sure, I'll pay it. But then I, after I paid it, I was like, what the fuck? How is it that much? Man, glute, eating truly gluten-free is so goddamn expensive. No joke. I mean, it is a lot. And, I, and and then I also found out that it's not even it's not just gluten free. It's a vegan bakery too. You guys are gonna figure out where it is. I'm, it's in L.A. But whatever. I'm not gonna I'm shitting on them. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I already pissed off Costco on this episode. I'm not gonna go after a vegan bakery. But apparently it's like vegan. Like there's no like milk or anything. So I'm like, well, then, well, why shouldn't it be cheaper then? Like, are what are you using in place of milk? <laughs> Or are you using, like, milk from the tit of Queen Elizabeth? Like, why is it $120 for two loaves of bread and two pumpkin pies? That's insane. 
I don't think Queen Elizabeth's tit still produces milk, right? Isn't she, is she the queen now? Isn't she old? I don't know anything. One of the good things about being in the hospital for the last two weeks is I can't comment on all the shit that's going on in America right now because I haven't been paying any fucking attention. I wish more people, by the way, would do that. They would just say, you know what? I actually didn't pay attention. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That doesn't seem to dissuade most people from expressing very strong opinions with zero nuance for something they paid zero attention to. But I don't know. I don't know. I didn't watch The Trial. So I can't tell you what I think about it until I read about it. I don't know. I don't know what to say, guys. I don't come in with a narrative, a narrative before I decide. I I actually look at the thing and make up my mind. So as of now, don't worry. No written house talk. I don't really know. That's what that was a weird time for the gobble. I don't I regret that gobble. All right, so that, 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 that's what's up. Planning Thanksgiving, was in a hospital, Queen Elizabeth's tit. Those are the things I really wanted to cover before we get into Joey Harrington, the Lions, and Thanksgiving motherfucking revenge, okay? You call my boy a bust, he's going to bust one in your eye. I'm talking jizz, Lions, 2006 Thanksgiving. Eat it. Joey Harrington was, uh, I believe, put in an impossible situation. We will dissect that more. This is one of the few episodes where I've actually done research. That never happens. But for Harrington, I was like, my boy deserves some defending. And so I did it. Now, before we... uh we get into Joey. I uh, I have a pre-planned bit that I want to do. All right, and it's some it's a musical number, and I did this to set the stage for how bad the Lions have been. All right, so Joey Harrington, to get us into your Thanksgiving Day revenge, uh, this uh, buddy, this is for you. Ah uh, ah I said, I ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, Joey has been walked into the Motor City in 2002. Head coach Marty Morningwick told us all that he was so good. But after one year, coach had a ticket on the Lion Choo Choo. Yeah! I said the lion choo-choo It's a train out of town Cause you're no good But was it your fault Or was the front of his one big snooze Yeah, no one knows who to blame When you're riding on the lion choo-choo Take it away, Steve Mariucci Yeah Let's draft a receiver Five years in a row Hey, I know a guy that can play left tackle. I went to high school with him. You know who'd make a good offensive coordinator? My dad. Who's the guy that took us to the playoffs? Jim Caldwell? Fire him. Oh, you like this pendant? It's powered by the souls of Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. The lion choo-choo, the place where you are no good. Uh, get me off the lion choo-choo I said get me off the lion choo-choo Alright, that's I the dumbest bit that's ever been on the show the it, Does it read that the choo-choo is a train? I, I, I call the doctor's office Because um, that's been my life for two weeks And their hold music was it was the Chattanooga choo-choo It was like the Chattanooga choo-choo And uh, so I just stole the idea Now I'm telling you to make uh, that bit less funny than it was Okay, great I got to be quicker with the gobble gobble. I can't hold on to it. I'm pausing. I have to have my. I have to hover my finger over gobble gobble. Gobble gobble. I can't do it. Joey Harrington. All right. Let's not get. Let's not get distracted with the gobble noise. <laughs> Joey Harrington, baby. 
So the reason I, st- I thought about this guy, first off, was that he popped up in my algorithm. I guess I was listening to TED Talks on YouTube, and a Joey Harrington TED Talk popped up a couple weeks ago, and it was him talking about, like, perfection versus perception. He was talking about, like, Instagram and stuff and how when he was at Oregon, he obviously crushed it at Oregon. He was awesome. All, like, top five Oregon quarterback, and they've had – Great quarterbacks, okay? They had, obviously, Marcus Mariota. You got Justin uh, Justin Herbert right now, who's like might be the best quarterback in the NFL. He's up there. Like Kellen Clemens was there. They had a lot of guys that just put up great numbers at Oregon. And Joey Harrington's right up there with him, right? Like almost won the Heisman, I believe. Or maybe he did win the Heisman. I should look that up. Let's see. Did he win the Heisman? He was a finalist in 2001. There we go. But I saw him do this uh, this this TED talk where he's talking about like being all depressed in Detroit and how like you have to like not care as much about like your the perception of other people and how that feeds into social media. I thought it was a really interesting TED talk. He actually did, to be honest, he did do some cry talk in which I shit on earlier in the podcast. But you know, I'll give him a break, I'm giving him a break. But if he's listening, Joey, take a breath. Don't. Don't talk through the cry. Just take a breath. But besides that, that was the only part I didn't like. Everything else I thought was really good. <laughs> I think he's a really good public speaker. He's And he's a very talented dude. Like, in his post-NFL career, um, he's basically become, like, a broadcaster. He does works with, like, uh, what is it, like, Fox? Uh, is it Fox Sports? I know he does, like, assignment reports with KGW Television in Portland, where he's from. So I'm like interviewing Mia Hamm in one interview. Like he's done some cool stuff. He's very involved in, um, he's very involved in like philanthropies and stuff. He's just a cool dude. I like, I like what he represents. So that kind of got me thinking like, okay, well, I just think back to, you know, whatever, 2002, he sucked, you know, the Lions suck, he sucks, he's a bust, top 10 bust, all that stuff. But then I went back and I, I checked out some of his highlights. And I'm going to tell you about his highlights, man. First off, I want to give a shout-out to Backup Quarterback Highlights on YouTube. That's a page that does nothing but assemble the highlights of backup quarterbacks in the league. I swear to God, I need a partner with this person, whoever it is. They are, they're doing God's work on YouTube, okay? Ten minutes of Joey Harrington throwing five-yard outs, I mean— your boy was hard as a rock. It was amazing. I'll link to them in the show description, but backup quarterback highlights on YouTube. Everybody, I have 307 subscribers on YouTube. <laughs> I'm not trying to brag. All 307 of you, go subscribe right now. Backup quarterback highlights. But I'm watching Joey Henshaw. I'm like, man, that dude's got an arm. He's got the arm to play. He can move in the pocket. I noticed in a lot of the highlights, there's a man running free to come knock the shit out of him when he's playing on the Lions. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But it's like he's making great throws. Like he's not an he's not an untalented quarterback. But I just think he's in a terrible situation in uh, in Detroit. And one and I'll just I won't do too much. Uh, lead up to this I, I I heard him on a podcast talking about how rigid the coaches were about like we're doing the west coast offense here and they were running the west coast offense you know Bill Walsh late 80s this is how this is how we do it you know <laughs> he <laughs> it's so dumb um so that's that's what they were doing in Detroit. And then Joey Harrington would be like, well, can we slide a protection over so there's not a man coming free at me on this play? And they're like, no, you just... They're, they're like, no, 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 that's not how the West Coast works. And he's like, well, can we change it for 2022 so I don't get murdered on the field? He said that coaches were very rigid and would not let new ideas in, which I find so interesting because that's like anything in life. That's the second you stand pat, and you're like, I figured it out. I don't need to change anything else. That's the second you're fucked. That's when people start passing you up. That's a bad coaching staff that looks 
at play design that way where they're like, we know what works. This is what we do. It's like, you better be trying to stay ahead of everybody every fucking week or you're going to get creamed. And that's exactly what the Lions did. Harrington had a terrible offensive line. He was always getting smashed in Detroit. The defense was never good. Blah, blah, blah. You get it. It's not. It was not a good situation to get drafted into. And they didn't have a coaching staff in place to put players in a chance to, uh, in an opportunity to succeed. Jesus, how many, am I going to, sounded like the fucking snake from the jungle book. (laughs) Trust in me. Succeed. Yeah, it was, uh, it was bad. And also, fuck Dre Bly, huh? Dre Bly shitting on Joey Harrington after he got traded. Oh, that's the reason Mariucci got fired. Fuck you, dude. Same reason I say that fuck LeGarrette Blunt, who like threw, he was like, I've never played with a good quarterback till I went to. It's like, dude, first off, you played with Nick Foles, you asshole. For two games in Jacksonville, all right? You had a quarterback. That's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you dickhead. But Dre Bly throwing Harrington under the bus, it's like, bro, he's had enough. He's had enough. You don't need to do that. I hate, I, I, I really hate that throw individuals under a bus when you're not performing well or when the team's struggling. It's just like a shitty teammate. To me, I didn't like it. It bothered me then. And that was 2006. If there's one thing you're going to take away from this podcast, it's fuck Dre Bly. By the way, I know we're, we're really working up to the Thanksgiving game, but I, I'm, I told you I did research, so I'm, I'm getting all of it out there. Anyway, Harrington uh, with Detroit goes one and three on uh, in Thanksgiving Day games. Not good. He got replaced in two of them. Brought in, they brought in Mike McMahon to replace him, which uh, I mean that dude, that dude sucked. That dude completed like thirty five percent of his passes in the NFL. If you're getting replaced by him, you've not played well. So they trade Harrington to the Dolphins in 2006. He's going to back up Dante Culpepper. And the Dolphins had the Lions on the schedule Thanksgiving Day in Detroit. But Harrington's going to be the backup, right? Wrong. Dante Culpepper injured. Joey Harrington in, baby. By the way, didn't play great in Miami, but their record when he was a starter, 5-6. and six. Huh? Suck on that, Detroit. Comes into town Thanksgiving Day 2006. And let's take a look at what our boy Joey Harrington does. 19 for 29. 213 yards. That's a quarterback rating of 107. He threw three touchdown passes. One interception. But three touchdown passes. Two to Marty Booker. Randy McMichael catches the other one. Chris Chambers had two receptions for 23 yards. Wes Welker, bitch. Five receptions for 42. I saw highlights of Sammy Morris running like a man on a mission. He was there to help vindicate Joey Harrington. Dolphins, they went down 10-0 to the Lions on halftime. Or I should say in the in the game. 27 unanswered points. Take the game 27 to 10. Joey Harrington on a chariot of fire rides back into Detroit and makes the Lions eat it. Fuck yes. Hell yeah. That's from the heart. Let's do another one. Here's the Lions sucking their own dick. Joey Harrington. It was amazing. I remember it. I remember. Oh, I was rooting for him so hard. Just like, yes, they called you a bust and they suck. By the way, I'm looking at it right now. The the the, the Lions, the year that Joey Harrington leaves, okay, now they're going to be better without him. Two and nine. Two and nine when the Thanksgiving, get, Thanksgiving Day game is over. Yeah, they're so much better without him. People... <sighs> It's 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 in the organization itself, right? It's the front office. You know, I joked about it in the song I made, but it's like that's what's when 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 the lions are the lions. You're like, 
what what's even wrong here? The players could be great. I actually have a buddy at work who's from Detroit. He, the most begrudging Lions fan I've ever seen. Just the, the most begrudging football fan that follows his hometown team but is clearly just hates them. And he's like, everybody that leaves goes does well. Once they leave Detroit, they're great. <laughs> like the weight of the world is off. You know, like obviously Stafford is the idea, right? Is the the biggest example of that now. But look at what they did. Look at what they did to Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. Just they they didn't even have it in them to like ask for a trade. They were like, I'd rather just walk into the ocean and drown <laughs> than play another season with this shitty team. I don't, I don't know. And it's like, I, at this point, it's like I'm not even. It's like so much of it just feels like mo- the momentum of the organization, right? Like they should have been good by accident at this point. Look at these coaches. Let's go to these coaches, okay? Hang on. Let's actually, because I pulled this up. Detroit Lions head coaches. All right, you got George Wilson from 1957 to 1964 had a winning record. Okay, great. After that, Harry Gilmer. What is this cross by their name? Does that mean they're dead? Probably means they're dead. Yeah, that's, I'm going to guess that's. No, it can't mean that. Rod, Rod Marinelli is still alive. What does the cross mean? What is Wikipedia doing? What are they doing? Hang on, let me find out. Spent entire professional head coaching career with the Lions. Okay, that's what it means. Okay, well, I thought it meant they were dead. Anyway, Harry Gilmer, Gilmer, two seasons losing record. Joe Schmidt, Joe Schmidt, nineteen sixty-seven to sixty uh, to seventy-two had a winning record, forty-three and thirty-four. There you go. Don McCaffrey, seventy-three. They were nope losing record, six and seven. And then after this, it's like all losing records. I got Rick Forzano, fifteen and seventeen. Tommy Hudspeth losing. Monte Clark losing record. Daryl Roberts losing record. Even Wayne Fonts, they won a playoff game in 91. He still had a losing record, 66 and 67 for like eight years. Bobby Ross, no good. Marty Mordenweg, Marty Mordenweg was 5 and 27. Mariucci was 15 and 28. Dick Duran losing record. Rod Marinelli, Jesus, 10 and 38. Jim Schwartz, 29 and 51. And then the only guy that won... Jim Caldwell got him to the playoffs. They fired him. What the fuck? He was 36 and 28. They fired him, went to Patricia, who went 13 and 28. And now they got Dan Campbell, who's 08 and 1 or 09 and whatever he is. It's just like these guys cannot catch a break. They've literally sucked since the 50s. I mean, this, this, this is a stretch. It's like worse than the Cubs. They're worse than the Cubs. Because even though even the Cubs like won a couple like pennants in their hundred years, the Lions have just been dog shit the entire time. It's crazy, and I also don't know how you don't just root, how are you not rooting for the Lions now? I mean, that's the the one thing I'll say about having a shitty team is like it's a different way of watching football where you're you just have no expectations of them ever doing anything good. So you're like, oh, when they do win, you're like, wow, you you really embarrassed the other team because they lost to us. So you do get to play spoiler, like basically starting in week five. You're like, well, we're no, we know we're not going anywhere. But who whose cereal can we shit in this week? You you know you won you only won two games in a season. Well, two people were really pissed off. <laughs> two coaches might get fired. Based off of you beating them, you know, like there, there's something to, there's something there. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm rooting for them. I feel like that. Also, the Lions this year have had so many close losses. I feel like they've had like heartbreakers. I, that Steelers Lions tie the other week was. I mean, it was just so fascinating to watch. It was like somebody try to win. Somebody just try to win. They just could. They nobody could be like. I just can't try to win. And obviously, I love Dan Campbell. Like, I love, he gave the, the I'm going to, we're going to bite their kneecaps, and we're going to shit in their eyes. Like, it was great. Like, that's that speech, I was like, I'll root for him forever. I just like that a coach looks like that, too. I mean, he looks like a, 
He looks like a dude that's going to kick the shit out of me at a Metallica concert. I love it. More meathead coaches, please. This league has, like, no personality now. It's everything so corporate and whitewashed and, like, please... Give me a couple guys that like to talk shit at press conferences and sound like psychopaths. I'll take it. So I'm rooting for the Lions to pull out of this. But at the time, 2006, all the, all the people just like kind of putting all their, all their pain on Harrington, you know, I'm not with that. As soon as, as soon as the Lions drafted Joey Harrington, everybody in Detroit should have been like, oh, poor guy. This is going to go bad. It's all right, Joey. <laughs> You're about to be real sad for about five to six years. You're about to get real sad. After after Joey's, uh, I think he even said the highlight of his career was beating the Lions on Thanksgiving with the Dolphins. That was as good as it got for him. Uh, he didn't play well after that with the Dolphins. Actually, our boy, Cleo Lemon, did the pod? Uh, he didn't do the podcast. I did a podcast on him in season one. He uh, he took a knee at the end of the game, this Thanksgiving game. Two thousand seven. The next year was the year the Dolphins went one and fifteen with that miracle uh, against the Ravens down in South Beach. Oh, I could talk about that all day. Greg Camarillo for the score in OT. You guys remember it? Beautiful thing of beauty. Cleo Lemon forever. But yeah, the he was with the Dolphins for a year. They got rid of him. He went to Atlanta to uh, back up Michael Vick, and then oops, Joey's the starter. <laughs> Michael Vick, two thousand uh, two thousand seven. Oh, he was not on the football field. No, uh, it was sad. A lot of pit bulls had to die for Joey Harrington to get a third chance to start, but he did in Atlanta. Played a little bit better, I would say, in Atlanta. Uh, the team didn't fare well in his starts, but he went like three and seven. I want to say through like seven touchdowns, eight picks. Quarterback rating was decent. I want to say it was like high seventies or something. It's in front of me. I'm not gonna look for it. You get it. And then he was like on and off with the Saints. Signed contracts for. 2008 and 2009, but never got in a game. I thought, I mean, look, if Breeze went down, I mean, that that would have been, there he was. He was on a good team, but just never really got the chance to to shine. I don't know, man. I He's one of those guys I think of, and I go, if he was slightly less hyped out of college, and instead of going, you know, whatever he went, like third to the Lions, I'm sure they were in the top five of the draft. If he had just gone like 20th to the Eagles or something, or the, you know, he went 30th to the Pats, he'd probably be fucking amazing. If he had gone somewhere where we actually would have had a chance to play with good players and a real offensive coaching staff, I I, I think he got, he's unfairly maligned as a bust. That's going to be my take on Joey Harrington. And let me say, dude, he is a he is a cool dude. Uh, I watched him. They they uh, Oregon was doing this thing for uh, Justin. Uh, is it Herbert? Justin Herbert. I should know this. He plays for the anybody that plays for the Chargers. I don't know your name. I mean, it sucks because like I like football and I watch the highlights. But I mean, I I just can't. Just go to San. Go back to San Diego. Nobody. I live in L.A. Justin Herbert. I think. I think I'm hitting the H too hard. Herbert. <laughs> it's Herbert. It's not a bear. I keep on calling it like like. Uh, you remember like Bobby a bear? Like I wanna. You know, I have a French grandfather. I wanna lean into it. Hey bear. But it's probably not that. It's probably Herbert. Herbert, like Sherbert. But they were doing like Oregon was doing this thing because like remember he could have left after his junior season at Oregon and he didn't. He went back for his senior season. And so uh his last home game, they got a bunch of like Pac twelve legends to uh do a little video thing for him, and then you like got to watch his reaction to it, you know? And uh 
they get like Mark Sanchez, and he's like, "Hey, man, you've been rough on my Trojans, but uh, you know, good luck, brother." And they got uh, somebody else from the Pac-12. Who fucking cares? Some other quarterback that was like, "Yeah, yeah, good luck, man. Talk to you." And then they get Joey Harrington, who talks for like three minutes about how he wants his sons to grow up like Justin Herbert, and speaks to the person he is, and he like did all this research on where he was from. And I was like, the only person who took this seriously was Joey Harrington. Like, when he got the email, hey, say something nice to Justin Herbert, Mark Sanchez was, like, taking a shit. And he was like, didn't even bother to get off the John before he recorded his. Meanwhile, Joey Harrington shot, like, a, a beautiful work of art. Like, the sweetest word. Like, my wedding vows weren't as nice as what jo- Joey Harrington said to Justin Herbert. Herbert, it sounds weird now. Did you guys know the gobble was coming there? I feel like I t- telegraphed it a little bit. He's just, he, it actually, to be honest, I kind of liked him a little bit less when I watched it because I was like, this is the dude that just goes so far above and beyond what the person asked for that everybody else looks like an asshole. You know? My cousin always does that. Like when it's somebody's birthday, she's like, record me something for this person's birthday. I'm very close with my cousins, you know. This is the the Mexican American part of my family, a you know, big family, always family, family, family. So it's it's cool. I love it. And so every birthday, there's like we're making a video and send me a thing. And uh, I was in a video. I'm like, hey, what's up? Uh, happy birthday, Grandpa. I love you. Goodbye. And you know, it's nicer than that, but quick. You know, <laughs> he doesn't have the best attention span anymore. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it lengthy. But then uh, there's always one cousin who just puts like a two-minute video in there, and you're like, "It just say happy birthday. You make the rest of us look. (laughs) We all look like assholes, all right? Joey Harrington, an unnamed cousin of mine, knock it off. (laughs) 15 seconds, tops. No, it was beautiful what he wrote to... uh, Justin. Justin got all teary afterwards. But you know what he did? He didn't talk through it. Didn't talk through the tears. He just silently wept. And then when he had composed himself, he was like, that means a lot. That's how you do it, Justin. Way to go. I knew he was going to be a great quarterback when I saw that. (laughs) You can't cry through the tears. No one takes you seriously. Can't be in an interview. It just means so much. The, the, the players at the the Pac-12 says nice things. And then you got to go that night and try to win a war against Arizona State? I don't think so. As soon as you feel the tears, shut up. Shut your mouth and let it pass. Take a sip of water. Compose yourself. Jesus Christ, I'm not saying don't cry in public. I'm just saying watch a John Wayne movie and nut up. All right, I'm getting close to uh, getting close to an hour here on the pod. Oh my God, guys, these these weeks have been crazy, man. I'm telling you, it's. I, that's the part of, that makes me feel like, can I do this podcast? Can I really do this podcast once a week? Because what happens when, like, the shit hits the fan and then, like, I'm just, like, in a hospital room recording the pod into my phone? Like, I literally got back in town just in time to, you know, to get work started, record the podcast. It, like, I'm telling you, it was like, I was thinking the whole time, like, man, if it was a weekly show... These people would have got... The, the show would have been uh, wild if I had tried to do this last Tuesday. So, I don't know. I feel like if it's every week, it feels more like you're just getting a piece of my life. And this, I feel like, is a little more, like, planned. Believe it or not. Believe it or not, <laughs> I do put some work into this. And I feel like if it was every week, you would just be getting me, like, in a rough... You'd, it'd be like Mark Sanchez taking a shit while talking. Like, 
to Justin Herbert. You'd be like, bro, a little more effort. I feel like my effort would go down if it was every week. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're getting the best of me right now, you know? You're like, holy shit, if this is the best, what is the worst? I got to say, another thing I, uh, in researching uh, Joey Harrington that I found interesting, I, there was a clip of him talking to um, somebody local, some local reporter, and they, they were asking him if his uh, sons were going to play football. Like how he felt about it. Because this is like, I guess this is a couple years ago when like some of the CTE stuff was like really starting to come out. And I, I really respected Joey being like, I have no idea. I love football. It gave me so much stuff in my life. But right now my kids are young. They play soccer. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'll tell them. And the reporter's like trying to like find a graceful exit for the interview. She's like, well, you know, it's, um, yeah, thank you for telling us, Joey. We know it's a difficult subject. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I just don't know. And I don't think anybody does. And she's like, okay, I'm trying to end this on a not awkward note. But he just kept, like, being real. I got to say that's something I like about when you watch, like, new, like local news. Local news is, is better because it, it's, it's raw. Like, you get people talking that maybe aren't as polished interview as interviewers as other people. Like, when you watch, like, something like CNN or Fox News, you're just getting, like, a bunch of corporate horse shit. Like, they're just, like, actors. They're just actors pretending to be newscasters. It's like watching fucking pro wrestling. Like, it's not... There's no, like, real unplanned moments. Everything is bought and paid for wholly by fucking pharmaceutical companies. Sorry, I'm not trying to turn this into a lizard person podcast. I'm just saying all that news fucking sucks. But when you watch local news, you just get like real people and they say shit that like just is weird in the moment and it, it's awkward and it's how real conversations go. Um, I remember that I watched this. I might have talked about this on the pod, but there's this clip online of uh, it's in Cleveland where this lady is like harassing a bus driver and she's like, she's talking shit at him. I think she like throws something at him. Eventually I, she hits him. I don't, she hits him or she spits on him. I can't remember what it is, but once she does whatever, she kind of crosses a line. The dude gets up and just kind of like walks over to her slowly and fucking uppercuts her. And it's on video. You can see the whole buildup and you can see the uppercut. And again, the the lady had crossed the line. The the dude wake obviously he like he can't even see the fucking line. Like the line is a distant memory. He fucking just mortal combat like into the spike pit, just knocks her the fuck out. It's and then he drags her off the bus. It's insane. And I don't endorse it at all. And also, every single one of you is gonna go watch it right now. It's it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And then I remember I was like, well, is the lady okay? Like, what happened? It's definitely jarring when you watch it. So then I watched an interview with the woman, and she's she seems, she's fine. She's, like, recovered from it. But the reporter, it's a local reporter, and she's talking to her, and she goes to the lady that got hit. She goes, um, you suffered one of the most famous uppercuts of all time. And I was like... Wait, what is, what is the question? Famous uppercut. What's another uppercut in history that's been... What are you saying? That's the dumbest way to ever phrase a question. You suffered one of the most famous uppercuts of all time. But that's the kind of shit you hear on local news. It's like, it's just somebody who got a job out of college and they're like starting off and they're obviously not going to make it to one of the fake CNN, Fox News, MSNBC... They're never getting there, but they're going to do news in Wichita and they're going to have these really weird things they say. I don't know. I love it. I watch YouTube clips of local news all the time. I think it's fantastic. I remember when uh, Anchorman 2 came out. Uh, I think, I don't know who made this decision, but it was, it felt like, I felt like I really connected with Will Ferrell 
in this because he started going around to local news stations and doing a full news program with like people in North Dakota or whatever. So just like awkward local news and then a celebrity as a character doing it with them. And it was perfect. It's like, it's, it's such a untapped source of comedy in America. I just highly recommend it for you guys. You know, I would go on YouTube, type it, type in, Local news, weird moment, the first five pages, it's nothing but comedy gold. And that is my YouTube algorithm, by the way. It's, it'll be like a lot of local news. Uh, I got a lot of backup quarterback highlights. Um, I just watched the Tom Tupa one recently. Uh, it's, his backup quarterback highlights include some punts, which, I mean, are we fucking up? Is he a backup quarterback or is he a backup quarterback? I don't want to see the punts. Okay, I know he can punt. I want to see his quarterbacking. Uh, me and the other th- 35 viewers of that video have a bone to pick, sir. But yeah, I say you lean into that stuff. You know, for your if you're looking for to like change up your perspective on life, you know? <laughs> Watch more bullshit on YouTube. YouTube, of all the things that, like, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all the things that are killing us slowly and destroying the way we communicate with each other, I do feel like YouTube is the best one. Because it is pretty, it is kind of crazy that just everything exists there now ever. Like, I would not be surprised if in 10 years I just, like, YouTube Eric Helwig birth, and then there it is. I'm like, who, who fucking was recording that? Somebody. I just feel like... Every time I go on YouTube, I'll just search something and it's there. Like I like Mitch Williams. I like you remember Mitch Williams? Maybe you don't. He was a pitch. He was a reliever on the Phillies when they lost the World Series in 1993. I bet if I type in uh, Mitch Williams ball bag on YouTube, I'll find a clip of Mitch Williams. Let me let's do it right now. Let me see what happens if I type in. <laughs> Let's see what happens here. This is, I know this is riveting for you guys. But let's type in Mitch. Williams. You're seeing how slow I type. Ball back. What pops up? Oh, my God. Listen to this. I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this on the podcast. Look at what popped up, okay? I could not make this up. Okay. Sorry. I set you guys up there. Okay. Third thing I find was Mitch Williams confronts Lenny Dykstra at an autograph signing as Darren Dalton looks on. So here's two Phillies from 1993 fighting at an autograph signing. What? Uh, what, what have I done in my life to deserve that? To just... To be able to go, I just feel like, I just feel like seeing shit that I wasn't a part of. And then it just shows up in front of me. It's crazy. YouTube is the best of all of it, okay? I feel like, I feel like I haven't lived a good enough life to have earned what YouTube gives me. I love it. I let it play all the time. I'm like, wherever it takes me, baby. I just ride, I just ride the ride. Take me on a journey. Mitch Williams confronts Lenny Dykstra. I actually do want to watch this really bad. Lenny Dykstra is a fucking loon. Tried to get him on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> he actually wrote back to me, but I, I couldn't get him on. Uh, I've gotten very close to some big people on this show, by the way. I mean, look, maybe Joey Harrington, huh? I love Joey. I didn't say anything bad about him, except for the part that he kind of cry-talked in his TED speech. But again, I'm not saying he can't cry. I'm just saying... Don't talk through it. But maybe maybe Joey's the guy that comes on next, all right? I want to get I want to get uh some more guys. Yeah, look, these Mitch Williams videos are hilarious. Top five reasons you can't blame Mitch Williams. Yep, this is gonna be talking about the home run. I bet 93. Fucking Joe Carter, man. All right. Anyway, look, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. We're at an hour, uh, guys. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, next week we will have 
a guest. I can't remember if I said that last week, but I mean it this week. <laughs> next next week we have a guest, and uh, and then we'll um, you know we'll take it from there. With uh, I got some other cool people lined up for the season, and hopefully a couple quarterbacks on here too. As always, please do me a favor and uh, you know wherever you're listening to the podcast, make sure you're subscribed. That is always a big help so you don't miss new episodes when they come out. And, uh, yeah, you know, come see me do some stand-up. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to start traveling here in, uh, in January. So, uh, make sure to stay up on all that. Um, I, I realize now as I'm saying this that the thing that plays at the end of the podcast is going to say all of this also in the recorded version. So, it's a little bit of overkill. So, I should just say I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Which uh, I'm going to say. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. See you in a couple weeks. Hope you guys are uh, all good and staying safe. Enjoy the holidays. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you catch in December. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to support us for free, there are many ways to do it. Start by subscribing on whatever platform you're currently listening on. If you're on Apple Podcasts, write a five-star review. And if you're on YouTube, like the video and leave a comment. On erichelwig.com, you can subscribe to the newsletter and click the track button to follow Eric's stand updates and never miss a show when he's in town. To support the podcast financially, visit the merch store via Eric's website. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.